Welcome to the Management Insights Podcast Series hosted by McGraw-Hill. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our management portfolio. Today's topic, maximizing pedagogy for on-campus and online courses. Our guest, Elena Abrayeva from the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hello, Debbie. I'm very glad to be here. So, Elena, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Debbie, I've been teaching management for the last uh, three decades, and I'm an associate professor of practice at the Department of Management. So I currently teach a massive online introduction to management course, an on-campus international management course for undergraduate students, as well as three MBA online courses. So I know folks are gonna be really excited about this topic, especially for on-campus and online. So let's dig in. Why do you think pedagogy is as important in teaching as content and the use of technology or multimedia? Yes, Debbie. So when we talk about uh, excellent teaching and best courses, there are three elements that are very important. One is content. So instructor has to be knowledgeable about the most current content and theories, ideas in that particular discipline. Another aspect is the use of the science of learning and the best pedagogy. And an additional element is use of technology and multimedia. And in order to have an effective course, we are really looking for the sweet spot between of these uh, all three elements. So intersection of uh, best content, best technology and best pedagogy. So what would be some of those best teaching practices that you incorporate into your your teaching right now? There are several uh, teaching practices that have been discovered uh, by the science of learning and there, there is a great deal of literature on the best pedagogical approaches, but most commonly used are repeated practice, use of frameworks, use of stories or analogies, storehouse versus snakeskin model of education, and then also application, transfer of learning, and integration. So why don't we start with frameworks and, and how do you incorporate the that into your teaching? Um, Advice that Ken Bain gives in his uh, most recent book, uh, Super Courses, Future of Teaching and Learning, is to center the course not on topics, but uh, on big, fascinating, important, and often beautiful questions and problems. And let's say when I was developing my international management course, I decided not to go with a regular textbook, but cover five or six most important frameworks and theories that have been developed in the field of international management. And so I know frameworks could be one way to start your course. I also know that often we love stories and analogies. How do you incorporate those into your classroom? Stories and analogies are very important. According to uh, Aaron Mayer, who wrote a very classical, new classical book 
um, culture map. Uh, US culture is application-based culture where persuading is done with stories and with cases and examples. And so when you, um, when you use stories, uh, students actually learn faster. And uh, Ken Bain in his book, uh, Super Courses, uh, says that give students chance to learn inductively, not just deductively. Moving from the specific to the general, rather than the, uh, from the general to the specific. For example, in my applied organizational behavior class, I have one week where we uh, do a mindfulness discussion. And so there, there aren't a lot of good book or textbooks on mindfulness. So, but I really wanted to give students an exposure to mindfulness. It is a boundary spanning topic. And so what I decided to do is to um, put together six videos on mindfulness. And uh, all these six videos, they are uh, representing stories and research findings about mindfulness. And so students uh, had to develop theory based out of these research examples or research findings. So that was a very interesting way, kind of a different, different counterintuitive way to learn about mindfulness. So they had to develop a theory of mindfulness as they, uh, as they went uh, approaching this discussion. Well, and I was going to say stories and analogies have always um, struck home with me. Those are something that you can always hang your hat on. Now, you mentioned something that is maybe a little newer for me. What is storehouse versus snakeskin model of learning? So I, <clears throat> I read the book by Malcolm Knowles. It's called Adult um, Learning. And in his book, he talks about the difference between storehouse and snakeskin model of learning. And storehouse is very good for maybe younger students where uh, they built a foundation of their knowledge. Whereas the snakeskin model means that you're unlearning paradigms or dogmas or assumptions that no longer work for you. And so, for example, in one of the books I use in my Applied Organizational Behavior book, Organizational Behavior course by uh, Herminia Ibarra, the book is called act as a leader, think as a leader. And in her book, she gives several uh, examples of various uh, assumptions and traps that are no longer serving uh, leaders who want to reach the highest potential in their career. For example, uh, one example is a competency trap that if we like doing something, then we actually, uh, start spending more time doing the same task and become, becoming better and better doing something that we enjoy. But that comes at the expense of other tasks that are also necessary in a today's organization. And so we eventually fall into that competency trap, hoping that we will be promoted and rewarding for doing the same singular task in which we become better and better, but it actually does not work that way. So it actually makes sense 
to uh, start learning new skills and new competencies if you want to grow within your uh, field as a manager and as a leader. That would make a lot of sense because, you know, you might focus on the one area, but then you're neglecting areas of growth and opportunity that you weren't exposed to. And that's what organizations want is to continue to grow your skill sets. Yes. And for example, uh, the idea of networking, a lot of students, especially younger students, they believe if they only use their operational network within their own company, that would be enough for their growth and development. But in order to be a successful leader, they have to reach beyond their operational network and develop their strategic network by connecting to people from multiple industries, from multiple professions, because that's how you can really leverage your network uh, to benefit your organization and yourself. Mm -hmm. And you also mentioned um, earlier in the conversation about integration and application. Why do you think application and integration basically improve learning? And how do you use those in your teaching? Um, I wanted to share a story with you, Debbie. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, was, uh, I met uh, you know, Angela Kinicki and we were talking with him uh, during the McGraw Hill workshop. And then after the workshop, we exchanged uh, a few of our syllabi. And so he shared with me his uh, syllabi on mindful leadership. And as I was reading through his syllabi, I came across an assignment which had three questions. And I was just astonished that these were the same three questions that I have in my applied organizational behavior class. For example, I discussed that uh, discussion and um, <clears throat> discussion and teamwork on mindfulness. And I actually, so students watch six videos on mindfulness and there are three questions. One question is, uh, what uh, assumptions are being challenged in these videos? And so uh, Angela also had the same question. It was phrased differently, but it was about challenging assumptions. So it was the snakeskin uh, model of learning. The second question is, what, what ideas are common among all of these six videos? So that is an idea of integration. So students actually have to generalize and come up with a theory of mindfulness. And again, Angela also had the same question, but it was simply phrased differently. What is common, how you can integrate. And the third question is, um, out of these six videos, what are the lessons that you can apply to your own life and career? So that is a transfer of learning or retrieval or application question. And it was just amazing that Angela being as experienced as he is, we had absolutely identical three questions for uh, very different assignments. But it also shows that even in one assignment, you can use snakeskin model of learning you can use uh, integration and you can also use application. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love the fact that, again, you were networking with one of your peers and it validated 
in a lot of respects, the types of questions that you're using in your classroom environment. Um, and that's how we learn from one another, right? Yes, and Angela uses a lot of case studies. So that would be an example of stories and analogies, examples. So he is a very effective uh, uh, <clears throat> instructor in regards to uh, case discussions and use of cases in various management classes. And so when you started with the different best teaching practices from the frameworks to the stories and analogies, the storehouse versus the snakeskin, and as you were saying, application, transfer of learning, integration, I think I heard you say that you can incorporate several of these learning principles into an assignment for effectiveness. Yes, actually, um, it was very interesting, Debbie, that uh, about a year ago, I decided to develop um, kind of a teaching and pedagogy-based pedagogy uh, presentation for National Teaching Professor Conference. And so to do that, I actually analyzed each of the eight assignments in my Applied Organizational Behavior courses. So I did it after the fact. And to my surprise, in each of these eight assignments, I would have five to seven all of these best learning practices manifesting in each assignment. So somehow intuitively, I built assignments that incorporate uh, multiple best learning practices in one assignment. Like for example, I will give you another example of integration is that by the end of the class, because we as uh, learners, we need to process what we learned. And I recently added an assignment that asks students to do a summary of the class, to put everything together, to make sense of the entire course. And actually it, it's so interesting that students, I have now uh, four original applied organizational behavior songs I have poems, I have concept maps, I have videos, and I also have essays about the lessons that students learned in the course. And they put everything into, together by the end of the class, thus integrating all of these different frameworks into one cohesive uh, whole. Now, that sounds really exciting, and I'm sure that every term is a little bit different with the students as well. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited because I'm curious to find out what would you say is maybe your favorite, um, maybe reading that you want other instructors to be familiar with as they're lurking through some of these best teaching practices into their course techniques? One of the books, most recent uh, books that I like is uh, Ken Bain, uh, Super Courses, uh, Future of Teaching and Learning. And I will uh, I read you here some of the uh, advice that he provides. For example, he writes, uh, find what kind of paradigms the students already hold that you will want them to question or abandon. Help them to care when their fundamental paradigms do not work. And obviously that is a snake skill model of education. Uh, another advice that he gives is let students speculate even before they learn. 
inventing ways to solve problems. So that is application. Uh, also, he writes, recognize the rich diversity of background, backgrounds class members will bring to the questions and problems and integrate those into the course. And so in my class, I always ask students to bring examples uh, from all of the various disciplines, from their work experiences. And then students are really amazed that they hear or read about examples of the same concept coming from the military, coming from business, coming from a nonprofit environment, coming from education or athletics. So I think that is really uh, benefiting uh, students. Uh, he also advises to bring multiple disciplines together to address the problems. So to make uh, classes more interdisciplinary and not being afraid to go for these, uh, for a few boundary spanning uh, frameworks or topics and even uh, use arts to raise questions, to answer questions. And so that's how in my last uh, making sense of uh, applied organizational behavior assignments, students use songs, poems, videos, and oh, just concept maps and uh, just regular essays. So it's, we are using arts to the fullest degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you have any last closing advice for your peers, whether they're beginning instructors or experienced instructors that are just looking to incorporate some of these best practices? I would say, uh, I think that this uh, <clears throat> three-step approach has worked for me very well. First, decide which frameworks and theories you want to cover, um, especially if you don't use a, re a regular textbook when this already is done for you. Second, uh, review each assignment or each framework and think what is the best pedagogical way to implement, to use that uh, framework or theory in your course. So it's really beneficial to students. Um, and then lastly, uh, review some best technologies. Like for example, in, almost every class of mine, I use students to record videos or I use videos for them to write a paper about, about a particular concept or framework. So uh, try to use the, not only the best content, but also the best pedagogy and multimedia because you know, this variety is a spice of life, right? Very variety much so. in pedagogy, variety in technology, will really make your class very engaging. And so I actually get a lot of comments from students. They say that my classes restored their face in education, that it was a breath of fresh air. And I actually have two elective classes in our MBA program, leadership in a global context and positivity for managers. And students say that they wish that these classes were required so I think it's a, it's a nice compliment when your elective class has been so important to a student that they want them to become a core class, which of course is not going to happen, but it's, it's a nice thinking. Well, and I love the fact that uh, it shows that your courses are very inspiring for the students and they've really made 
um, it's almost like a game changer for those students with the different techniques that you're using. And we also recognize that with different um, learning styles of students, having these different um, techniques really helps them maximize and learn across the board. That's why integrating a variety allows really education for all. Yes. So, well, Alina, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your best practices. I'm confident um, that folks will most likely want to reach out to you, and I hope that you'll be willing um, if they want to chat with you a little bit later about some of your techniques. Would that be all right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. 100%. (laughs) Excellent. Well, again, thank you for sharing your perspective, your advice. Um, For those listening, please check back for future podcasts and spread the word to your colleagues. Why? Because learning changes everything.